The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. One of the most epic words that have been used over the past 80 years is the term revival. Believe it or not, revival is not a biblical word. The word revival became one of the most popular words back in the 20s and 30s and 40s and all the way up into the 70s, thanks to Expo 72. But the term revival became the epic word of its day. We are praying for a revival. We are moving forward with some very aggressive plans in regarding reviving the church worldwide with bringing the leaders back you pastors that are listening you counselors that are listening you disciplers that are listening there is a movement and those of you who are connected to other leaders in the nation possibly the world you know that the spirit is revealing to these leaders something is about to change in the world and if we don't unite we're going to be in serious trouble there are unsaved people that know more about the changes that are coming for this country whereas other countries like France and and basically most of Europe is already in this transition We don't have to deal with this transition where the enemy is coming into our communities and burning down our buildings, putting bombs inside of our community centers. These stories, these traumatic, horrid stories used to be coming from Nobodiesville in the Middle East. But now they're in major metropolitan areas in countries all over the world. Listener, look at your calendar. Mark today down in your Bible. America is about to face what France is facing right now. There will be a shift in the entire structure of this country very, very soon. And all they have to do is the same thing that God is doing right now. And that is the enemy just simply needs to call them forward. And they'll come out of the woodwork and kill and bomb 
and skin you alive as some of our stories are going on in Africa. But the Americans are deceived. We are lazy. There's a spirit of laziness on this country. We have been rocked into this this sleepy state that we don't realize that the enemy is sneaking up on us. The enemy is at our door. And all that most Americans are concerned about is that little four-inch piece of leather in their back pocket. That's why our video was about money. You see, God said that I will always know where your heart is by evaluating where your treasures are. And that goes for a country, that goes for a world, that goes for a person, that goes for an unsaved person, it goes for a saved person, it goes for a kid. It doesn't make any difference. God is watching every single penny in our lives and where it's going. Is it being spent on self-love, self-pleasures, self, 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 self? Or is it advancing the kingdom of God? Only you can answer that question. But I'm telling you, listeners, I am begging the leaders that are listening the missionaries that are listening, the pastors preaching in the bush, the pastors that preach in front of cameras that have thousands of people listening to them, I am begging you to mark this day on your calendar because things are about to change. Is this a word of prophecy? I don't know. I just simply know that there's a bunch of us leaders joining forces to finally get serious about uniting the church and bringing them back to a single message of the power of the cross. No more fancy sermons on how to dress, how to to act. All that stuff is secondary. We have got to get back to the basics. And that's what Paul said, listener, If you are indwelt by the living God, this will tickle your taste buds. When Paul said, for I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. The smartest, most educated man in the entire world. People forget that. He was the king of kings in education. They started educating him at six years of age to take over the entire world in world religion. That's Paul. That's called using the spiritual gifts that were put inside you before you were born and growing up and using it to advance the kingdom of Satan. But see, God's not threatened by that because he can blow you off your horse. He can blind you for two and a half years. He can put a discipler in your life that you can't go anywhere or do anything because you're blind. And all you can do is listen to this old guy tell you about Jesus. And that nothing else matters in the world except for to know him 
and him crucified. And once that happens, Paul, you will be released in demonstration of power and spirit. To know him is where the release is going to occur. We're going epic. Since we have mentioned the spiritual exchange often in our messages here, perhaps this would be the proper place to address the correlation of what we are calling spirit oneness with the familiar designation of the true exchange life that is so common in the indwelt Christian circles. I think many Christians are confused by the terminology of exchange life because to each group it means something very different. Some use the term exchange life as when I got filled with the Spirit of God. I was saved when I was 18, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit at 25. Really? Are you that bold to call God a liar? Because what is salvation? It's the exchange of the old man being crucified and you being given a brand new spirit. That's what salvation is. There's no second blessing here. The story I told you had nothing to do with a second blessing. It had to do with God breaking me down to where I felt like I was nothing. And my discipler just simply put his hand on my head and said, this is a perfect place for you to start. So he can be everything in you as a significant vessel. We were walking down the stairs after that prayer meeting. Keith was behind me. I'm just simply walking down the steps to have one of of these fine dinners that his wife put together. And he puts his hand on my left shoulder and he says to me, God is going to do some absolutely amazing things through you. Well, you'd have to know my mental state at that point. I basically turned around and called Keith a liar. Because it was not how I felt. It was not my experience. But see, Keith knew just a little bit about hearing God enough for him to look at his son, his spiritual son, and say, it's only just beginning. And I've got endless stories, endless stories of what the Spirit of God has done through this frail vessel sense. And it's not over. I'm no different than you. None. In fact, Paul's not better than me. I could, I could, I could play the game just as fast and hard as Paul can. Why? Because of the spirit of the living God. It's just that he's going to play a different position on the team. Are you with me? Some are batters, some are outfielders, some are left fielders. We all have been given a position and have been equipped even before you took your first breath. That's the God I serve, and you should serve as well. They're asking questions like, what is being, what is being exchanged here? Because exchange does say, it's like taking, you know, Russian dollars and giving American. 
there is an exchange. Taking something, giving something, right? So that is a question people ask often. Or is it a spiritual reality of psychological, true psychological reality, or is it just in the spirit? Good question. In fact, if you don't get that question answered, you're going to be like 98% of the indwelt Christians walking the face of the earth where they go, you know, the Holy Spirit's like a cup of coffee in front of me. i got to get up every single morning, open my Bible, and maybe listen to my favorite devotional uh, pastor, preacher, writer. And you're sipping on that, that drink like you're drinking in the Holy Spirit. That's blasphemy. For God to go through all that he has gone through to put the Holy Spirit inside you and then you to carry out this lifestyle, this devotional lifestyle of I need to read the Bible. I need to have my devotions. I need to listen to my favorite preacher. That is like saying the Holy Spirit is a cup of coffee. It's blasphemy. 602 292, 2982, there is nothing biblical about that principle. Until 1911, there were no Bibles under your armpits. None. In the 1800s, you were, you were a rich family if you had a family Bible. Rich. You paid for it dearly. What did the Christians do before that? How did they have their cup of coffee? The word of God was living alive and active in them. Then when they heard a preacher, it bore witness with the word. And it set them free. Long gone are those days. Get up tomorrow morning and have your devotionalized Jesus. Have your cup of the Holy Spirit and drink all you want to drink. And you'll continue to walk and believe in the deception that Satan has put before the church. Jesus is external. You better be able to answer that question. How does the true exchange affect psychological thinking? Huge. Because behavior follows psychology. Here's another question. Is it a specific point in time that this takes place? Now some actually believe that the exchange life takes place when you come to the end of yourself. Well, that's true. There is an exchange there. But it's partial theology. It's not full theology. Now, we got a lot of listeners who are exchange life followers. And you're listening very carefully to see if I'm going to be saying the right connective verbs. You see, you're going to want to make sure that I am connecting the dots. And if I don't mention exchange life connected to salvation, I'm going to be rejected by some. In fact, I'll get some emails. Then there's another group. If I don't connect the exchange life to come into the end of yourself, I'm going to get some emails. Okay, you listeners, you 
you two groups of the Exchange Life, I want you to listen to something. A coin always has two sides. There's an exchange that happens on a daily, moment-by-moment -moment basis, not I, but Christ. And there's an exchange that happened on salvation. You see, little Jack had to go through the eye of that tree. But after he got through the eye of the tree, there was a working out of his salvation by making a daily, moment-by-moment -moment exchange. Not I, but the Lion of Judah. That's what the whole story's about. So if you're hanging out in one camp because that's safe for you, you're tampering with bad, bad theology. But if you include both of them, you and I are going to get fired up when we talk. We're going to get excited. Because you understand the full truth. And it is full truth that sets us free. We're on number 123 in Identity Matter series. We're doing this subcategory called True Grace. And then a mini category under that called Believers Going Epic. We're on number 14 of the Believer Going Epic, but 123 in our lineup of identity messages. So we thank you, and we certainly welcome you to our podcast today. Let's jump in. Part of the problem as being debated is due to the inadequate distinction between soul and spirit. So, to some of you who are listening, you don't even give that a second thought. Because, uh, I'll just grab one of the many verses. One verse is, for the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It can literally divide the soul from the spirit. Really? Why would the Word of God want to do that? Now you bring that up to a dichotomist and they have no clue how to answer you. Well, I think it's translation error. Well, the verse goes on to say, joint from the marrow, body, able to judge every thought and intention of the Heart, which it translates out as soul, mind, will, and emotions. You see, if you hang out in dichotomy, you are bordering on demonic doctrines. It keeps Christ outside you. It keeps the Holy Spirit in a coffee cup. And the whole movement of devotionalizing Jesus came from dichotomous, historically. And I'll bet there's people in this room that are dedicated devotionalizing Christ-type Christians. You just don't feel right unless you read your Bible in the morning. Or read Oswald Chambers. Or whoever. Maybe some of you have integrated this devotionalized Jesus into your educational field. You see, that keeps him external. That, that develops this false doctrine that this 
book, this physical book has got some kind of power to renew your mind. Listen or listen carefully. 602-292-2982. There is nothing in that book in front of you that has any power to renew your mind. I know people who worship Satan who can quote the Bible better than you. It's the word inside you that renews your mind. It's the Holy Spirit inside you that renews your mind. It pours out and renews your mind. You choose differently and your emotions change. It's not the written Bible. If that was the case, there'd be a lot of demons getting saved. There'd be a lot of fake preachers out there who know the Bible better than we'll ever know the Bible, they'd be saved. It doesn't do anything unless the Spirit bears witness of the transformation of the written word. We're going to explain that today. So it is very important that we understand the difference between spiritual function and psychological function. Much of the exchange live teaching focuses on solical Mind, will, and emotions, or psychological. Emphasizing the need to exchange my selfishness for Christ's action from within. Okay, I'll buy that. But it's actually incomplete theology. Six, oh, two. 292-2982 or Dr. Finney at IOMAmerica.org. This is going to mess with the minds of many Exchange Life teachers. The Exchange Life is not just about this paragraph I just read to you. There is another half of the coin. This incomplete theology can be reduced in to more how-to performance-based Christianity. Like, i got to read my Bible. Really? When did Jesus say that? Well, i got to pray. Really? Any of the separate items that are mentioned in the New Testament are great items, are they not? But they're not a part of a formula of deliverance and change. Prayer doesn't change you. Bible reading doesn't change you. Ministry doesn't change you. None of the individual items change you. Those things are a part of God explaining what a full-fledged Christian in the world by the life of Christ looks like. That's what it is. And so when people are reading the Bible and they're going, wow, prayer and petitions of this and that, and they, you know, they go down this list and they go, I know someone like that down, down my street. That's what it should do to them. But for most, they read those things and they go, i got to try a little harder. And they're an exchange life believer. Because it does slowly morph into performance instead of a sweet release of the Holy Spirit.
The true exchange life refers to the spiritual reality of the spiritual exchange that happens when you become born again. Born again. It's not morphed again. It's born again. It's a new baby. A new creation, a new life, a new person. That's where the great exchange happens. Then there's a daily appropriation of that exchange. And when this person exchanges their Adamic nature, nature is what derives from an existing form. That's what nature is. So since Adam sinned, every child that is born from that day forward derives from his nature, his fallen nature. When I got born again, I derive from God's nature. That's all you got to remember. So you want to find out if someone's truly into what? Just say, what nature do you come from? But why in the world is almost 90% of every theological teacher and preacher on the face of the earth teaching dichotomy of the black dog and white dog are still inside your mortal body? The old nature and the new nature are inside your body. Really? You think Christ is going to come in there and serve with Satan? And compete with them to see who's going to get control of Steve? No, there's not me serving two masters going on. There is a brand new, reconditioned, exchanged life that occurred through the Holy Spirit. When a person receives Jesus Christ by works, oh, excuse me, faith, the spiritual exchange takes place, and now the indwelt Christians have spirit oneness with the Lord because they literally are a house, a vessel that holds, they become a temple that houses and holds the Holy Spirit. That's literal. That's not figuratively. His life, which also includes his mind, his mind, his will, his emotions according to 1 Corinthians 2.16. And with the indwelling life of Jesus, we also inherit the benefits of his dominion. You see, when Paul was talking about, for I am here to demonstrate spirit and power, he wasn't here to give a great sermon to these people. He was going to demonstrate spirit and power, dominion. You see, when an exchange takes place, there's an exchange of dominion. Please, please stay with me on this. This is very, very important because if you buy into the first exchange and you don't buy into the dominion exchange, you're going to function psychologically and physically as if you are a part of the old dominion. But if you walk around in a kingdom that your king owns, 
you're going to act very different. But if you have an exchange, I'm a part of the king of kings, but I, I live in this kingdom of Satan, this domain of darkness, you'll function differently. You'll basically be, basically be in bondage to fear. Fear rules kingdom of darkness and love rules the kingdom of light. Dominion exchange is a part of the exchange life. So Paul said, in my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration. Demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul said that we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Dominion. That's Acts 26.18. This proves that our exchange includes a swapping of dominions. So indwelled Christians participate in the overwhelming life overflow of the Spirit of Christ into our souls, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the grace or life of Christ of God enables the behavioral expression of his own life and his own character into the human mind, the human will, and the human emotions. I am of no doubt that this message can change thousands of people if they're listening with the ears of the indwelling life of Christ. I am convinced of it. Because when you truly get your arms around the full exchange that is going on, this is not just an exchange of spirit. This is not just an exchange of psychology. This is, this is also an exchange of dominion. You will function differently. I promise you. Here's a little diagrammical illustration of this. This is our normal diagram we use quite frequently, which is very, uh, well, hopefully that local people are very used to seeing this particular diagram. But it's Christ's through you diagram where man is divided up into three parts, body, soul, spirit. Christ is at the center, pouring his overflowing life into the mind, and it renews the mind. It dumps into the will, and the will chooses to believe the renewal, and the emotions get excited and follow. Dumps into the body, and it comes out as Christ's behavior. Not Christ-like behavior, Christ's behavior. Now here's what happens. We have to get to a new dominion. Kingdom of darkness... Kingdom of light. We have to be transferred to the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness. Over here at the kingdom of darkness is human reasoning, dichotomy, you know, all of these psychological understanding type of terms. Degrees, study, 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 have your devotions, etc. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's Second Timothy three seven. Once the exchange of dominion takes place, which happens on the same moment, 
that the Adamic spirit is crucified and you're given a new spirit. The tree of life and all of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and behavior of the Holy Spirit is present inside you, ready to be released. Our scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 talks about that in the last days there's going to be self-love, selfishness, and there's this list of, of horrible things from, you know, self-control issues to brutality, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure. Does that not describe our world today? All resulting in the seventh verse where it says, always learning but never able to come to the full knowledge of truth. Both sides of the coin. So the war of the natures is real simple. The spiritual exchange that allows for the spirit oneness with the spirit of Christ is also an exchange of spiritual nature. The humanistic premise of the world's philosophies pose that man has a core human nature and then goes on to argue that nature is essentially good. You're born with a good nature, but then it can start choosing to be evil. That's a problem. Ultimately, it'll set up for universalism. So, biblical indwelt Christian teaching does not allow for such human illogical ideology, but recognizes that God created man as a nature from his own nature and character. This was done through the breathing of his spirit into the creation of man. Here's the key. When a man chooses to eat from the tree of knowledge, darkness domain, God pulled his spirit from man and woman, and thus man's spirit became dead. God's not going to hang out in hell. He's not going to hang out in the kingdom of darkness. So the kingdom of darkness was under and is under the ownership of Satan. The kingdom of light is under the ownership of the living God. So our proof text is, Ephesians 2, 3 says, where by nature we are children of wrath. We're born children of wrath. We're born sons of disobedience. We're born to buy into the lies of the evil one. And we are born to be readied for an spiritual exchange. Why would you want an exchange if you have not believed and bought into the reality of how you were born. We're almost done here. All indwelled Christians have become a partaker of divine nature, 2 Peter 1.4, and spirit oneness with the Trinity occurred through this obvious great exchange. Exchanging spirit and dominion of Satan for getting the spirit and dominion of Jesus Christ. And this is where the adoption of the identity and the adoption as sons of God, not in the sense of Satan is used to hearing it, but in the sense of we are children of the living God. He is our identity, and that's why he calls us 
saints, holy people. So the conclusive truth is that the new nature of the indwelt believer is the very nature of the living God of the entire universe. Here's our identity matter statement for tonight. The Adamic humanistic premises of an inherent human nature are so prevalent in Western thinking, the evangelical Christian thinkers accept the premise and explain that the indwelt Christian has two natures, a so-called human nature, sin nature, Adam nature, fallen nature, flesh nature, self-nature, old nature, as well as the divine nature of God. That's what dichotomists believe. That's a lot of deception going on there. So this isn't only illogical, but it is demonic. If, if Satan can keep this twisted piece of truth going through the generations, which he's been very successful at doing, what's going to form is evangelical humanism. And if you overseas people are wondering, the United States of America is the king of education. And that is a statement from, they don't use the term king, I'm using the term king, but a statement from the UN. We are the leaders in education worldwide. And that does not exempt the church. That's why you have to have degrees to bury people, degrees to have communion, degrees to preach, degrees to whatever, is because education in America equals transformation. Drink it like a cup of coffee. The results, the church created a schizophrenic, dual, dualistic, two, side by side, and that disengages the true indwelt believer from their true identity. Because therefore identity has to be in drinking it every day. That's how I renew my mind. Really? Burn my Bible. You will see no change in the power in me. Take away my educational degrees. You will see more of the mind of Christ flushed through me because there's less garbage to get in the way. But in the Western thinking, that's bizarre. This demonic doctrine is what set in motion all who use the term Christian are true Christian. Universalism. But in God's reality, there's a difference between being Christian and being indwelt by Christ. Ion. The ion part of Christian is like any other word that uses I-A-N. But it is Christ as a noun. I'm not here to talk about verbs or adjectives. It's a noun. It's a person. It's a place. It's a dominion. It's a thing. It is a method. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. That's what the full exchange is about. 
not the way we have duped people down. Normally I do a little challenge with the salvation prayer. It's in the PDF if you want to review it. But my challenge today is a little different. 602-292-2982. I want to know if you will join many of us leaders in speaking to every leader God puts in front of you to unite to preach the full gospel of the full exchange of not I but Christ. We must unite before revival can occur in the church today. You can also email me at drphinnei at iomamerica.org. Let me know you want to unite and we will work together common cause of the Holy Spirit, and that is to be able to say the same thing Paul said, which is my closing statement, and that is, I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ in Him crucified. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.